This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Today we're continuing a, a series that we've been in called Game Changers, talking about truths that can transform uh, your life. And so I want to kick off our time together uh, by looking to the Bible in the book of, of Mark. I want to read this story and then we'll kind of uh, frame a little bit of conversation that we'll have today. It says this, some people brought a sightless man, a blind man, someone without perspective and begged Jesus to give him a healing touch. So taking him by the hand, Jesus led this man out of the village he, uh, he, he put spit in the man's eyes. Jesus did this. He lays hands on him, and then he asks the man, do you see anything? He looked up. I, I see men, but they look like walking trees. So Jesus laid hands on his eyes again. The man uh, looked hard and realized that he had recovered perfect sight and saw everything in bright 2020 focus. Today, I want to title our conversation, Blind, Blurry, 2020. Blind, blurry, 2020. Uh, This past year, I was helping my family out by moving a a travel trailer that was parked up north, about six hours up north. And so just so happens that my truck is the only truck that can tow this particular trailer. So I had uh, headed headed out on a a road trip up north by myself. And it's in this small town. It's parked in this small town of probably like 1,255 people. Really, really small. It's kind of place like if you kill somebody, like you want to take them to bury them, like in this town, like that's the kind of place that we're, we're talking about. And, uh, and so it's, par- it's parked like in this like camping area. And so I thought to myself when evening rolled around, rather than just like eating a TV dinner or cooking hot dogs over the fire, that I would go into this small uh, neighboring town and look for some nightlife. So that's what I did. And I, and I went into this town and there's like one restaurant open, but it's like popping. Like there's like all kinds of noise coming out of this restaurant that's like a barn meets old house. And so I make my way in, and no joke, in this small little room, there's probably like 150, 200 people, like all crammed in. And so I make my way up to the, the bar, and I ask one of the ladies there, hey, what's going on? Like, why is there so many people here? And she says, well, it's open mic night. And uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced open mic night, but that's the night we give microphones to people who shouldn't have microphones. <laughs> right? Like all the comedians who really aren't funny, like, please, let's not tell any jokes. The singers who can't sing, like people who want to get up and share their awkward political views about things. And you're like, we really don't want to want to hear it. And that's what this night was about. So I'm like, great, like dinner and a show. And so I sit down and, and I start watching all of these people and I'm thinking, man, I'm here. And I I was a vocal major in in college. So I thought to myself, man, I, I might as well sing something since I hear, since I'm here. So I get up and I make my way like uh, across the the group. There's always like this group of people that like want to dance at open mic nights. And I don't know, it always gets, and it's not just like dance, like pop, lock and drop it. Like it's like always awkward it always, it always kind of goes like Irish, like, like clogging vibe. Like, why are we don't really know what's going on kind of thing. Like that's kind of just the vibes that it gives. And so I push my way through these people and I sign up and uh, so they call my name. I go up on the stage and uh, I sing some rendition of uh, Sam Cooke, Change is Gonna Come. It's an old classic song. And so I stand there and I uh, kind of kick into it. <clears throat> I was like, I was born by the river. Yeah, they did that too. Oh, and just like the river, I've been running ever since. And then I got to the bridge. And so then I was like, uh, so I go to my brother and I said, brother, help me, please. But he winds up. I added a growl in there, kind of like he winds up. 
knocking me back down. Oh, my knees got me begging you. And then I went for the high note. Police. So the crowd goes wild, kind of like you just did. And except it's like this room full of like 150, 200 people. They're like going nuts. And I feel like the man. Like I'm like, I've like arrived. I'm on the top of the world. They're all cheering. And I'm like, yeah, like I did that, you know? And there's this guy that stands up like right in front of me. He just clapping. He's smiling. He's just clapping and he's smiling like my man. And he just won't stop. He's just clapping. He's smiling. So I come down off the stage. I just have my moment and, and I go to give my brother a high five and I, I throw it up like this. And then he, he, he just kind of leaves my hand standing and he just keeps clapping and smiling. And I'm like, don't leave me hanging, bro. And, and he just keeps clapping and smiling because there's nothing more disrespectful that you can do to disrespect a man than to not meet his high five. You know what I'm talking about? And so finally, I just get kind of frustrated with the whole process kind of like roughly pat him on the back and like, all right, good. Thanks a lot for that. And so then I walked to the back of the room and I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm like, I had my moment, but then this guy like embarrassed me in front of everybody. Like everybody was clearly watching what was going on. And so I sit there, some of the other acts perform. And so the night is over and I kind of had my taste of humble pie. I kind of calmed down a little bit. And here comes this lady, she's leaving and on her way out, she stops and she says, Hey, like awesome job tonight. And so I was like, Hey, thanks. You know, I appreciate it. And she kind of had this funny smirk on her face. I'm like, why are you, why are you laughing? Like what's going on? She's like, no, it's nothing. And I'm like, no, seriously, like, why are you laughing? And she says, well, she's, I don't know if anybody told you or not, but that, but that man that you tried to give a high five, uh, he's actually blind. <laughs> See, and you laugh now, but it was, it was not funny. And the reason that it, that it wasn't funny is because instantly I felt horrible. If I'm really honest with you, because I'm sitting here like real, I'm irritated with this man. Like, how dare he not give me a high five? After all that singing I just did, like, no, how dare he? And on, on his way out, uh, his, his, the man and his wife, uh, as they were on their way out, he, uh, she, she turns, turns to her husband and says, honey, like, this is the guy that sang tonight. And he, he, he reaches out his hands and he like, tries to find where my body is and he finds my shoulders and he grabs me by the shoulders and he looks me in the eye and, and he says, uh, he, says uh, he didn't look me in the eye because he couldn't see. <laughs> horribly wrong. I, <laughs> well, I know you're probably thinking it. You're like, did he? Did he though? <laughs> like, did he though? <laughs> Grabs me by the shoulders. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Grabs me by the shoulders. And, he, and he, uh, he says to me, he says, great job tonight. He said, when you sang, I, I didn't just hear you sing. I felt you sing. When I, when I left that room that evening and I went back to the small little travel trailer, not only did I feel horrible, but I couldn't help, uh, just, I couldn't keep myself, myself from escaping the thought that who really saw more clearly that night? Me or the blind man? Because that night, that man, he, he, he saw me, not with his own visual sight, but he saw me for who I really am. Well, here I was with my natural side. I saw him for everything that I thought that he wasn't. Perspective. How I see what I see. You see, my perspective is powerful. How I see my situation determines how I treat my situation. How I see you determines how I treat you. How I see myself determines how I treat myself. 
When we look at the story in the book of Mark, it's absolutely fascinating to me because here we have this blind man, this man who, who lacks perspective. He comes to Jesus. He's brought to Jesus. And here Jesus treats the situation really uniquely because Jesus is a miracle worker. Like Jesus, is a, he's, he's a master of miracles. And yet he treats it almost like I do when my son like brings his baseball hat to me. Like, here, Dad, can you fit this to make it fit my head? And I, and I put it together. Here, does that fit? No, that doesn't fit. Okay, we'll try this. This is what Jesus does with this man. He, he, he lays hands on the man and says, can you see? And it's like, no, I, well, I can kind of. It's kind, it's kind of blurry. Well, hey, let's try it. Let's, let's try it again. And, and he, but, but, but why? I'm, I'm troubled with this because Jesus, the miracle worker, almost like halfway on purpose does a miracle. Because I think this story is about so much more than just a miracle. It's, a, it's about so much more than just something spectacular that happens in someone's life. I actually think it has a whole lot more to say about our perspective. In fact, I would go a little bit further to say that maybe it's communicating to us that sometimes our miracle, sometimes the things that we're really believing God for, if this situation would just change in my life, if that would just be different, sometimes the answer to my miracle is sometimes just a shift in my perspective. Blind, blurry, 2020. Blind, blurry, 2020. Have you ever felt blind? Have you ever felt like in life you just didn't know where you were going? I mean, maybe not in life in general, but chances are some of us in this place, most of us, I would venture to say all of us in this place, have some area in our life that we feel a little bit blind. Like we feel like I I try to find my way, but if I'm honest, I just don't really know where I'm going. Maybe as it pertains to my vocational life, Maybe as it pertains to living a life out of passion, maybe it pertains to my relationships, my marriage, my relationship with my kids, the sense of blindness, the sense of, I don't know where I'm going. Have you ever felt blind? What makes us feel this way? If we're honest, I think there's a lot of different reasons. One of them is, is comparison. We look at other people and nothing will make us feel more lost in life than looking at people that seem like they really know their way. Right, like I'm trying to figure out my way and it seems like everybody else in this life has it figured out but me. Have you ever been there? Everybody else, all their, all their relationships just kind of seem to be just like happening and everything's great and my relationships suck. Like I've been just trying to get my degree year after year after year and every time I try it seems like I fail and yet everything just seems to be opening for them. I mean, in a world of, of, of social media, I mean, isn't this what we're set up for every single day? There's nothing that will make you feel more blind, more lost than comparison. When you look at social media and, and you look at their pretty face, and you're like, my face does not look like that, right? Like, you look at their selfies, you look at their relationships. I talked about this on Instagram on Valentine's Day. Like, you see all of these incredible photos that have been taken by incredible professional photographers, and they look so in love, and all of the cute little statements they're saying about each other. Like, man, this is my forever love. Like, what would I do without this one? Like, this is my bae, my number one, my love for life. And you're like, man, we're just trying not to fight. We're just trying to, like, get through the day. Like, this is just... Right? Like you didn't even get a Valentine's Day gift because you're, for your spouse or for your lover because you love them. Like you just didn't want to get in trouble if you actually forgot. So you made sure that you went out and, and got something. This idea of comparison, when I see other people and it seems like their life is working, their relationships are working, it makes me feel less than. It makes me feel like I'm lost. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm, I'm blind. What does it do? It, it, it frames my perspective. It shapes my perspective when I see people and, and their kids just look so perfect. Right? You look at me, it's just like, every, they look always smiling for the picture, and even when they're messy, they look cute. And your kids are just like struggling, right? As a parent, you're just struggling. This idea of comparison, it makes me feel like I don't know my way. Not just comparison, but culture. 
Because culture has a timeline. Isn't there a timeline put on us that if we don't make, every, make sure everything happens in our life by a certain time in our life that somehow we are unqualified for, for love? We are unqualified for success. Like if I don't graduate by the time that I'm supposed to graduate, if I'm not married by the time I'm like 30, 35, like there's no hope for you. Like why do we think that? Culture. What does it do? It frames our perspective. It puts us into a place that if you don't measure up to this, then you're no good. It shapes our perspective. Why is it dangerous? Because if it shapes my perspective, it's going to determine the way that I live my life. Right? And not just the timeline. Tragedy. Culture. Tragedy. We look around at this world and don't we all have moments where we ask ourselves, man, is it ever going to get better? We look at the hatred in the world. We look at the judgment. We look at the separation. We look at the division. We look at the chasms within politics. And don't we ask ourselves, man, is there hope? Could it ever get better when we see senseless shooting after senseless shooting? I mean, just this last week, we see it in Parkland, Florida. And what's, what's, what's crazy to me about it is we don't realize just how much culture shapes and it warps our perspective. Because chances are, after hearing about that shooting this last week, you found yourself in one of two positions as it pertains to your perspective. And both are extremely fascinating to me. One, you felt nothing. One, wow, that was, that's horrible, another shooting. Do you hear about the shooting that happened in Florida? What, what is it? It's a disconnect. I don't feel it anymore because I see it so much. What am I talking about? I'm talking about culture shaping my perspective. I no longer feel the hurt of humanity because I see it so much. I dehumanize my fellow brothers and sisters. I dehumanize the people around me. I was just, oh, it was only, it was only you know, 12, 15, 17 people. It wasn't that many, that, that, that many people. Oh, I heard somebody else got murdered in town today, but, but it wasn't that many. It's like, I dehum- what is it? It's culture shaping my perspective. And you either found yourself in this position or you found yourself on the other. And I'm going, going to go in right now, so prepare yourself. But, but it's really, really fascinating to me. Because on the other side of the coin, everybody jumped to politics. Everybody jumped to politics. Senseless shooting, let's talk about politics. Let's talk about gun control. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you, we need to have more conversations about gun control. We need to have conversations. We need to talk about it. We need to have discussions about it. But, but here, here, here's the perspective, and, and please hear my heart in this today. Isn't it fascinating that culture shows, shapes my perspective? That's the first thing that I jump to, as if, as if politics can fix the broken hole in the heart of humanity? Huh? What's fascinating to me is when you look at those people that, that go in and, and perform school shootings, and you, and, and you look at these scenarios, you know, not one time when they do the backstory. Do they talk about how loved this kid was? Do they talk about how great of a mom or how great of a dad or how great of an uncle or how great of a friend they were? You know what it always is? I felt rejected. I felt like an outcast. I felt like it didn't fit in. And yet I want to talk about politics. Can I first consider my own actions? Can I first consider how much I'm loving the people around me? Man, I, I get it. I, I understand. I under, understand there's such thing as mental illness. But, but in our culture, when we, when, when we don't understand, what do we do? We reject. We've got to have more conversations. We've got to be willing to educate ourselves. Instead of ostracizing ourselves, well, they're just mentally ill. Let's stay, let's stay away from them. No, 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 no. What if we're willing to engage the culture? If we don't engage it, all we do is create a space for the enemy to take it and to use it to his advantage. We have to move ourselves to the place we're willing to have conversation. We're willing to take personal responsibility to love our fellow brothers and sisters, to understand. When I look at the world around me, my, my, my first response, politics. My first response is politics. Don't I have a personal responsibility? What does it show? This is what culture does. It, it makes me blind. It makes me feel as if I don't know my way. Just in, our, just in our own city. Just in our own city this last week, somebody murdered in front of a church. And what happens? Hits the news. Murder in front of the church. We need to crack down on gang violence. You know, of all the people that I've interviewed that have participated in gangs, 
Not one of them has told me about how loved they felt by their father, how loved they felt by their mother, how welcome they felt by their friends. They all talk about when I found a gang, I found a brotherhood. I found a place that I belong. What if we could take personal responsibility to be more inclusive and less exclusive? What if we created space? What if we can create a space through the local church where people can truly find a sense of family, where it's not just about me. It's not just about the people that I'm comfortable with, but what if we could live life with open arms and actually participate in the solution? Because if we're not actively participating in the solution, I'm here to tell you we are the problem. We're the problem. It's fascinating. I I heard a statistic. I was reading the other day, and I read a statistic that that 85 to 90% of all the psychological issues that each and every one of us struggle with. Like we all have, we all have even if it's uh, something that we're not conscious about, it operates within our subconscious, psychological problems, hang-ups, the way the defense mechanisms we have, the behaviors that we have, 85 to 90% of those issues come as a result of some sort of re- something we, we had or we didn't have with our father. In other words, daddy issues. So I'm talking about all of us. So whether you had a good dad or you had a bad dad, 85 to 90% of the psychological hangups that you struggle with come as a result of daddy issues. I think that tells us that we have a bigger role to play parents. And for those of you that don't have kids, you still have a big role to play in our society because there's kids that don't have parents that God is going to call you to parent. God is going to call you to be an influence into their life. And we have to be willing to take personal responsibility to step up to the plate and father the fatherless. It's a big deal to be willing to step up to the plate and engage culture, engage society, engage brokenness so that God can use you to bring healing to the life of someone around you. To not just be around. This is something I've been challenging myself and I don't know why I'm talking about this, but this is something that I've been challenging myself and even as it pertains to my kids. I don't want to just be around my kids. I want to be present with my kids because it's so easy for me I mean, I can be around. I can be in the house. Huh? I, mean, I, can, I can have conversation, but am, am I present? Am I engaging them and telling them how loved they are? Am I giving approval to them verbally, telling them how much they mean to me? Am I hugging on them? Am I loving on them? Are, 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 we, are we engaging the culture? Because I'm telling you, if we allow culture to shame our perspective, we, when we're only participating in the problem. What makes you feel blind? Maybe not culture. Maybe circumstance. There's nothing that will make you feel more blind in life than encountering a situation that you didn't see yourself ever being in. I never saw myself here divorced. I never saw myself here lost my job. I never saw myself here. My children are addicted to drugs. I never saw myself here. I lost a loved one. I never saw myself here. My mom got cancer. I never saw myself here. There's nothing that will make you feel more lost in life than circumstance, than a situation that I didn't see coming. So how do I get past it? How do I break out of a, out of a perspective that's blind? How do I break out of a perspective that's shaped by circumstance, that's shaped by culture, that's shaped by comparison. If I'm going to push past that, you know what I have to do? I have to simply be willing to hope, to believe that it could get better. 
Do you believe that it could get better? I find in my, in my life, when I look at the situations that I'm facing and I'm overwhelmed with them, the times in life that I find myself most blind are the times in life I'm living as if this is all that exists. What do you believe about your existence? Do you believe that you're just a person occupying a space in a system? Or do you believe that there's a potential future that could be better than the obstacles that you're facing today? In the book of Philippians, it says it like this. The scripture's quickly becoming a light first for me. It says, no, dear brothers, I'm still not all that I should be. In other words, I don't understand it all. I still get, I still get pulled into the comparison trap. I still get, I still get uh, enticed by culture. I'm still weighed down a lot of times by my circumstance. But instead, this is what I do. I'm bringing all of my energies to bear on this one thing. Instead of worrying, instead of being preoccupied, instead of just having senseless conversation and gossiping about issues, instead of putting my energy into all of those things, I'm bringing all of my energy into this one thing. Here it is. It says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. You may be in a situation that you feel down and out. You may feel like it's, it's over, but it's not over. Do you believe in your heart that it could be better? Can you take the energy that you have that, you, that, that leads you to worry, that leads you to be overwhelmed? What if we could take those energies, the same energy that it takes when I'm laying my head on my pillow at night, just burdened with my situations. What if I could take that energy and turn it around, take it and and, and instead stir myself with expectation that it may be this way, but it doesn't always have to be this way. The life can get better. Do you believe that your future could be better than your present? Do you believe that your future could be better than the current circumstance that you're facing today? How do I cure a blind perspective? How do I get rid of my blindness? First thing I have to do is I have to live for the future. I'll never understand why I've gone through the things that I've gone through. You'll never understand why you've got, how, how do you explain to somebody who's been abused? How do you explain to somebody who's, taken, who's been taken advantage of? How do you explain to your children the craziness that you see on television every single day? The stories that you hear about hate and injustice. How, how do you explain? You can't. But you know what we can do? We can take all of the energies that we used to take to try to explain, and we can use those energies to hope towards the future, to hope that if God has done it before, he will do it again, to hope that I may be facing a situation that may be difficult today, but to believe that it doesn't always have to be that way. It doesn't always have to believe that way. Do you believe that your future could be better? You ever felt blind? Maybe you don't feel blind, but have you ever felt blurry? In other words, have you ever kind of thought that you knew where you were going in life, but life has this way as you start taking a few steps forward, it's like, boom, like, okay, I realize I don't really know. Right, the, second, the very second you think, okay, I know, I know what I'm gonna do. I mean, we, this is the perfect time of year to be talking about this, right? We started off the new year, all the weight we were going to lose. And now it's like mid-February and you're like, yeah, about that. Okay, let's, let's uh, right? All the, all the dreams that you were going to chase this year, right? How you're going to be a better parent this year. How you're going to be a better spouse this year. And yeah, it's like, uh, now it's February and you've kind of let off. Why? Because life has this way of reminding you as much as you think you can see, you can't see. You ever felt blurry? You ever felt like as you really started to move forward in life, life had this way of kind of keeping you down. You see, because as I begin to believe that life could get better, I have to turn to something. I have to turn to somebody because as I believe that, hey, there, there can be something in my life that could change the course of my life, I, I very soon realize that I am not that something. I very soon realize that, that my way doesn't work so well. That the more that I try in my own strength, and we're open to new ways, It's not that we're not open to new ways because we'll try a million different things. 
We'll try, we'll read, we'll read another book. Well, maybe I haven't tried that. Let me try that. But every time when it's of our own strength, we fall short, right? And so we come here and we hear about God, right? We hear, hear about God and we hear about his plan. But I think if we're honest, we have great trouble with trusting God's plan. You know why? In our society, we don't realize, but we, we are really surrounded with, with a foundation of faith. Most people have some sort of intellectual knowledge or understanding of what the idea of God is. The problem, I think, with, with us is a lot of times in our life, when we think about the life that I desire, and I think about the life that God desires for me, in my mind's eye, based upon what you may have experienced culturally uh, through our society, you think that those two things are like completely opposite ways of mind. That God's plan for my life and my plan for my life are in conflict with one another. So it's hard for me to embrace God's way when I don't think that God really wants for me, honestly, the life that I want for myself. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says it like this. And I love the way this translation puts it because it kind of challenges this way of thinking. God says this. For those of you, here's, here's my question. What do you believe about God? Like, what do you believe about God? Do you believe that his plan for your life is contrary to the things that you would really desire for your life? This is what God says to you, making it personal to you. He says, I'll show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. He says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future. Who hopes for? You hope for. Plans to give you the future you hope for. What if the plans that God had for your life were even better than the plans that you could dream up on your own? What do you believe about God? Do you believe that God's mad at you? Do you believe that God is disappointed in you? God's not disappointed in you. Do you believe that he, he has abandoned you? Maybe you had a father in your life who abandoned you. And so it's very hard for you to have a relationship with God because when you think of God as a father, all you can think of is your father who abandoned you. God has not abandoned you. And I'm, I'm here to, to, to talk to people that maybe have been participating in faith for, for, for any length of time now because it's easy to need God when we think that we're broken, but then when we think we got it all together, right? When we think that we got it all together, how do you view God? When you do God, is God for you? When you do good things, is God for you? When you do bad things, do you feel like God is against you? When you do bad, God is not against you. The Bible says if you make your bed in hell, he's there. God has not turned his back on you. He's not disappointed in you. God's for you. He's with you. He's your biggest cheerleader. He's your biggest fan. He's not watching for you to mess up. He's cheering you on. He's telling you to get up, keep going, try again. Get up, keep going, try again. Get up, keep going, try again. Man, what do you believe about God? I love this story because at the end of the evaluation of my perspective, am I blind, am I blurry? How do I really find true clarity in my life the same way that this blind man does. He comes to Jesus and, and Jesus begins evaluating his perspective, but you know what it eventually leads to? It leads to this whole idea, to, to, it leads to this man admitting that on his own, he cannot see. Do you want clarity in your life? If you want true clarity in your life, if you want true clarity of the situations that, that you face, again, here's the question. What if your miracle wasn't found in a spectacular moment? What if your miracle was connected to just a shift in your perspective, to seeing something differently? If you want clarity in your life, you know the real step? You know the real step to finding true clarity in your life is to admitting that on your own, you cannot see that we all need a Savior. 
We all need a savior. We all need somebody to save us, to rescue us from our mess. You know, this is what separates Christianity from every other religion. This is why you're in the right place today. It's, it's separate. Christianity separates, separates itself from every other religion because of this one thing. Every other religion is about what you can do for God to get God to accept you. How you can be good enough. How you can behave. How you can think right, all the right thoughts and do all the right things. Christianity is the opposite. Christianity is about God has already accepted you. In other words, it's not about what you can do for God. It doesn't matter how many years that you've been saved and walking the walk. It's, it's still not about what you can do for God. On your best day. The Bible says that on your best day that your righteousness, your ability to be good enough. The Bible says that it's, it's filthy rags. It's still not good enough. It's not about what you can do for God. It's only about what God has done for you. You are loved, you are accepted, you are enough because of what God has done for you. This is the message of Christianity. This is how we find true clarity in our lives, simply by, by understanding that I'm not the Savior, by admitting that I cannot see clearly. What's crazy about this story is when Jesus asked the man, could you see clearly? He could have said, yeah, I can see. And you know what? He just would have stayed the same way. We live our lives like that all the time. As we try to fight to think that I can see, I can see, I can see, I can figure this out. I can do it. No, I can do it. I can be a good dad. I can be a good, no, you can't. You can't be a good dad on your own. You can't be a good mom on your own. You can't be, you can't have healthy relationships on your own. You can't become everything that you desire to become on your own. You need a savior. You need help. We need Jesus. This is the message of Christianity, that God, that God in his greatness is so passionate about humanity. God is so passionate about relationship with you that he made a way. He made a way. He made a way. A way for what? So that, so that all of your brokenness and imperfection, it wouldn't have the capacity to keep you from God. It wouldn't have the capacity to keep you from the life that you dream of. This is why the Bible says, Jesus says, that I have come to earth that you would have life and life more abundantly to the full till it overflows. One translation says a better life than you ever dreamed. When you evaluate your perspective today, where do you find yourself? When it comes to the situation in your life, we all have them. The one that kind of just eats at you when you're trying to go to sleep, it's just kind of an, an annoyance, something that bothers you. What if the answer to that miracle wasn't found in something spectacular? What if the beginning of your miracle was simply an evaluation of your perspective? Blind, blurry, 2020. Blind, blurry, 2020. Let's pray today. God, we ask today in this moment that you would help us to evaluate how we see what we see. I feel like some of you today, I I just believe that you need to hear the voice of God to you just telling you, you're doing a good job. Some of you are so down on yourself for how you're parenting, and you just feel like you're not, you're not enough as it come, when it comes, you just feel like you're not enough. And I, I just feel like you just need to hear the, the true voice of God, how God really thinks about you. And God is saying this to you today. He's saying, you're doing, you're doing a good job. Hear that today, you're doing a good job. Don't be discouraged. Don't let life get you down. Don't let culture get you down. Don't let comparison get you down. Don't let circumstance get you down. You're doing a good job. You're doing a good job and and you're enough. Quit being discouraged. Quit allowing yourself to 
to be swayed into depression. Quit allowing yourself to be swayed into to memories of your past, those things that haunt you. Live forward. Take those energies and look towards the future. God's not disappointed in you. God is not looking to sit up and, and, and judge you. You're doing a good job. God, in this moment, would you help us to evaluate our perspective, to see the areas in life that maybe we just need a little shift, the things that we're so passionately praying about and seeking you about, that God, today, at all of our campuses, in Clovis and Madera and Fresno, that you would just maybe give us eyes to see something clearly. And so we bring ourselves to this moment, understanding the only way we get true clarity is by acknowledging that we cannot see. God, I can't see it. I can't do it on my own. I can't be a good enough dad on my own. I can't be a good enough mom on my own. I can't be a good enough employee on my own. Right now, out of your mouth, would you just have a conversation, maybe even just a little whisper voice between you and God. Have a conversation. God, just, God would you just tell him, God, I, I, I can't see. God, I, I need your help. I need your help to see. I need your help to see my situations clearly. God, I need your help to see the mountains that I think that I'm up against just a little bit more clearly. God, I I need your help to see my past clearly, my brokenness clearly. Come on, just out of your own mouth, God, would you help me to see clearly? Would you help me to see clearly? Would you help me to see clearly? I believe that God is bringing healing to broken wounds as it pertains to abandonment issues in your life this morning. Those of you who didn't have a mom or didn't have a dad in your life, and and it's very difficult to navigate in life, it's very difficult to push past, because when you look back on it, you felt like you missed out on something. God has the ability to restore what the devil has taken away. And I'm here to tell you, you're gonna be okay. You're not gonna miss out. You're not going to miss out. I, I, just, I just hear God saying he's going to bring the right people into your life at the right time. He's going to bring the right people into your life at the right time. And not, not just to fill the void, but to restore the very thing that the enemy meant for harm. That it will be even better. <laughs> even better. I believe that he's saying it's going to be even better. You feel like you lost, but God's going to restore and it's going to be even better. What am I talking about? It's going to be even better than if you had never lost. That's what the day, he never gets it. He never gets it. He thinks when he takes away that he steals, but God will always, he's always going to make sure that you're taken care of better off than if you were never stolen from. And I just, I just speak to your emotions today. I just speak to your heart today. I just speak healing to your heart today. You feel like you're lost, but God says to you, it's going to be even better. Your future is going to be even better. Your relationships are going to be even better. You feel like because you had a divorce that it's over, God says it's not over. Your future is going to be even better. You feel like because you experienced abuse in your life, there were things that, he, there were, things that were stolen from you as a child. There were things that were sto- stolen from you as a child. And God is saying to you today that he will restore. He will heal the broken pieces of your heart. He will use your story. He will use your story. It's going to be even, he's going to be even better. You can't, you can't see it. We can't see, but we can't see. We can't see. We, we can't see it, but he's going, to, he's going to help us see it. He's going to help you see it. He's going to take your story. He's going to help little broken boys and little broken girls. He's going to take your story. He's going to take your story, Anthony. He's going to take your story. He's going to take your story. God, would you help us to see? 
God, you help us to see. I want to see you for who you are. I want to see you for who you are. Open my eyes. God, would you help us see today? And I want to see you for who you are. And I want to see you for who you are. And open my eyes. God, not what religion has taught us. Not what people have taught us. I want to see you. I want to see you exactly for I want to see you for who God, you are. not just for what I want you to be. I want to see you for who you are. Not just for what I think you are. God, I want to see you for who you are. Some of you think you've blown it too bad. You have not blown it too bad. Cause I want to see It's going to restore. It's going to be better. It's going to be better. It's going to be better. I want to see you. You think, yeah, but if you do, no, 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 no. It's, it's going to be better. I know it's, I know it's, it feels broken, but it's going to make it better. I know it feels broken, but he's going to make it better. I know it feels broken, but he's going to make see it better. You for who he gives you beauty are. for ashes. I want to see you for He gives who beauty you for are. ashes. Open Your life's not over. It's just the beginning. Every place that you have put a period, I want you to see it as a new beginning. I want to see you for who you are. <laughs> it's a new beginning. I want to see you It's a new day. Your life's are. not over. Open it's a new beginning. It's not the end. What do you think is the end? It's not the end. It's a new beginning. It's not the end. It's not the end. Well, you have the courage to believe today that it is not the end. It's not the end. God, we choose today to harness the courage to believe that it is not the end. That the things that feel most heavy to us in our lives, we feel like, man, it's just, it's kind of over. And now we just kind of got to maintain through life. We just got to kind of just just keep our head. No, 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 no. You still have a victorious life planned for us. So God, today we harness the courage to believe again. We harness the courage to have faith that our future can be better than the ashes of our past. God, today we choose to look beyond our blindness, to admit that on our own we cannot see, to find true clarity in our lives. At any of our campuses, if you've never made a decision to place your faith in Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer. I know I don't have to talk you into it because your heart's probably already compelling you to do so. But when we're done with life here on earth, we spend forever somewhere. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, it's not about what you can do for God. It's about placing your faith in what God has already done for you, Jesus. If you'd like to pray that prayer, I'm going to lead you. In fact, we're going to all pray this together because nobody prays alone. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart and I say in my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe that you live for me. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you came back from the dead for me. Today, I call you my Savior and I make you my Lord. Say this. Say, Jesus, help me to see. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. We celebrate that decision with you. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.